0: Most African parents, which is very typical, like when they, when you hear modeling, they think the worst case scenario. They, and they're scared mostly because they want their child, their baby to be fine and be, have stability. But I think I had to think, what do I want with my life? Um, I'm the one that has to live in this body and every single day of my life, if I meet, if I keep the promises I make to myself, then I'll be happy. If I don't, if I live a life that just fulfills the dreams of my parents, i'm likely to be miserable
1: welcome to distinctly you where we talk to women who have redefined success in different seasons of change today we'll be chatting with bookie Adeoshum. she's an actor a model a world traveler and also an artist how did she go about living out her passion well let's get into the conversation welcome bookie thank you so much for joining me on distinctly you thank you so much for having me this is a
0: pleasure and an honor to be here thank you
1: oh you know i have to say um just for full disclosure that i have had the privilege of honestly um watching you grow and watching you evolve to becoming this amazing young woman that you are. And just knowing a little bit about your story, I just knew that it would really resonate with a lot of young and older women as well. And uh, so, you know, thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. So, you know, Bookie, you describe yourself as a multi-faceted creative, right? And I know that you are a model. You are an actress, a bona fide actress, by the way. And you are also an artist. But it's not just all beauty. You also, you know, are in the sciences as well, you know? So who is Bookie? Well, I am...
0: A multifaceted creative. It took me a while to actually get used to that. <laughs> and um, I think first and foremost, I'm a Christian. I am a descendant of two Nigerian parents. Uh I'm a clinical research manager and work on inflammatory diseases, and I started my hobbies <laughs> um with modeling, started in college and picked it up after college and acting very recently, like a year and a half ago, my art, that's always been with me. I think I I just kind of started sharing it with the world very recently, and I've been getting a lot of positive feedback about it. So um, I would say that's a great uh, summary of who I am and what I do. I have three siblings, and they think I'm the most dramatic person on earth. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) You come from a Nigerian background, so you're a Nigerian-American, and Anyone that knows the Nigerian culture, um, and I think this is a, with a lot of immigrant cultures, by the way, know that, you know, when it comes to the arts, right? I mean, it's starting to pick up now. As a young person, you're typically encouraged to do something, quote unquote, that's professional. So when you mention you're a clinical, you know, researcher, it's, it, yeah, that kind of, you know, goes with that flow. But when you add the modeling, and you add the acting and the being an artist, right? That's not really what you would expect to hear, you know, coming from that background. So how did you get into allowing your passions to shine through, and not, unfortunately, like some people have had to do, kind of that on hold and not do it because they wanted to fit the stereotype and the norm
0: i would say it was not as easy as i would try and summarize it to now but it took a lot of willpower a lot of perseverance Mm. and a lot of self-talk i think most african parents which is very typical like when they when you hear modeling they think the worst case scenario they And they're scared mostly because they want their child, their baby to be fine and have stability. But I think I had to think, what do I want with my life? Um, I'm the one that has to live in this body. And every single day of my life, if I I keep the promises I make to myself, then I'll be happy. If I don't, if I live a life that just fulfills the dreams of my parents, I'm likely to be miserable. So Mm. that was one of the things I think that pushed me to keep trying to, you know, appease my parents in a way, but also go after the things that I feel make me happy. And those things
1: change too. So of course, of course, I mean, as long as you're breathing, you're always evolving as a person, you know, what you just said really just shares a lot about the courage that you have, because it's, it's easier said than done, right? When you say, you know what, I want to be happy, and I'm going to do the things that make me happy. But being the first in your family to like break the mold in terms of yes, you are doing something professional, but you know, your passions are starting to far exceed that, you know, so just tell us a little bit about, you know, because this channel talks about women redefining success at different seasons of change. What season do you find yourself right now? As we said, we're always evolving, you know, so coming from when you were obviously a college student and I think you were pre-med, if I'm not mistaken, and doing the (laughs) professional stuff to now walking the runways of Paris, traveling the world acting. I mean, talk to us a little bit about like what this phase entails. And it sounds really glamorous, but I'm sure it wasn't easy. Absolutely
0: not. I think it was difficult, but I think it was worth it. I think it pays a lot to follow your passion. So right now, my phase or the stage I'm in, I think I am in my self-acceptance phase. Mm-hmm. I'm also learning so much about myself. I am also healing from things that I've learned or unlearned. Um, I am learning so much about how I see the world And I think it's slightly difficult when you feel like this part of your home training that you have to unlearn Mm. and separate yourself from the identity that you assumed just by growing up in, you know, African households or Christian households where it's like growing up as a child, I wanted to be an actress
1: Mm.
0: and it's, it's funny now, but it was like, what? And my sister's a lawyer. She wanted to be a lawyer as well. And so my brother wanted to be an engineer. He is an engineer. And it's like, where where are you coming from? What's giving you this? And so it was more a situation where I was just told, med school, medicine, doctor. And I did like caring for people. So it made sense for me. But there's other ways you can care for people. There's other ways you can achieve things with, besides going a certain route. But um I think this phase I'm in, I've fought majority of the battles. I still get some prayers here and there praying that I go to med school. It's never going to happen. Sorry. Um, but I'm growing. I think it's not even more externally. I don't think I can see the growth physically, like with my alcoholism and things I've done. It's more with how I feel about myself, how I feel about the work I do, and being okay with change. For example, I feel like with the Vogue publications and being in the Museum of Modern Art in New York, those things, I was like, maybe my identity is modeling. But through the pandemic, I realized, what did I always want when I was a kid? I wanted to be an actress. And I'm thinking, well, <sighs> you're kind of an adult now, you should probably be serious about your life, which I am pretty serious about my life. I work on really pretty intense um, things in my nine to five, but I have to think about myself and say, will I look back 30 years from now and regret not trying? Yes. (laughs) And what I've learned is that the pain of struggle and some hardship, disappointment, failure is way, way better. Than the pain of regrets, because regret, you have no chance and no option to fix it, especially if, you know, it's the end of someone's life and you're looking back. There's nothing you can do any differently. And I thought to myself, it's better late than never. And then I ended up on the HBO series and I ended up as uh, a model for the US Open uh, last uh, month. So it's like, if someone had told me this, honestly, I wouldn't have seen it. And also, I think having a relationship with God is important mm. because when you hear from the Holy Spirit, you know, You when you have that conviction, when people tell you things, you're, you can listen, but you know, because you have that feeling and you hear from God and you're able to say, okay, this is what I heard. This is what you see because of my circumstance. And that's nice. And I appreciate that you care about me. However, you know, this is what God has. Mm. To me. And I think that's where... I've learned to not share all of my goals with everybody. Mm. Not share all of my dreams with people. There was a person I told, I I bought um, roller skates during the pandemic. And I was like, oh, I want to go roller skating. I'm so excited, I want to learn, and it's going to be fun, it's going to be like, you know, interesting. And they said, no, you're going to break your arm. And if I'm being honest with you, I haven't picked up the roller skates. In the back of my head, the fear of breaking my arm, just and I'm a power lifter in the, in the gym. I lift over 200 pounds when I'm lifting for leg like day. Like I'm, I'm pretty good with like I'm also good at like falling. You know how to break your fall, mm-hmm. but for some reason it's in my head and I don't know how to get out of it. So imagine if it's something much more important, like your actual destiny, the things that God has impacted in you. Just because people care about you does not mean they're the best people to carry your dream with you.
1: Mm. There's wow. people
0: who are you're not related to by blood, and you, if God lets you tell them, and then they push you, they introduce you to people that can help you, or they give you words of encouragement that you may not receive from people in your inner circle. I mean, even Jesus did not get support from people when he was, because they knew him as the homeboy down the street. So, people cannot see you in the way you, you, God has shown you. If God shows you a vision, it's for you. If God gives you the permission to share with other people, go ahead and do, but... Be very careful with your dreams. I mean, roller skating is not a dream of mine. It's just something, a hobby I wanted to pick up. And I think that lesson was something that the Holy Spirit told me. This is the kind of thing that if you tell someone with a big dream, like my art, if I told someone else that was not super positive about the idea of it, they'll say, well, you have a nine to five. You have a pretty busy job and you model. Why would you bother wasting your energy? And you don't even know what you're doing. But here I am. I am creating great work and getting great, you know, projects. And I think it's also a good way to do emotional regulation. When you're having a bad day or rough day, you create art and you feel it and it's beautiful. Sometimes it doesn't look pleasing, but sometimes it's the most beautiful things as well. So,
1: yeah. Wow. There's a lot that you said there that I would love to unpack a little bit, but listen, preach, preach, preach. Okay. Um, I I really loved a lot of what you said. Um, You know, you talked about having to unlearn a few things in this self-acceptance phase of life that you're in right now. Do you mind sharing maybe some of those things that you felt like you had to unlearn?
0: Yes, that my happiness is not tied to the validation that I will receive from people that I love. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that was one of the hardest ones for me to learn and accept because I think growing up, when you do something great, everyone celebrates and they're happy for you. However, when you get older and maybe your choices are not fully aligned with what they had imagined for you or what you had said you wanted to do, it could be heartbreaking because there are situations where you have a great accomplishment and you share it with people, but because they don't see the need and what you're doing, it's like, oh, congrats. Mm-hmm. But um, that could be heartbreaking. However, when you realize that the validation, external validation is not going to make or break you, mm-hmm. you become so much stronger, so much better. And you have the sense of more you, of groundedness, I think um, mm-hmm. you are, more in tune with yourself because when you do things for not for the. sometimes you just do things and you you hope and want people around you to be super happy for you. In the cases where they're not, it shouldn't steal your joy. Mm -hmm. I think that that's one of the major things I had to learn. Like, Oh, if they're not happy for me, then everything comes crashing down. It's fine. And, um, Another thing I've had to learn is that you need to learn how to let go. Some Mm -hmm. of us, I think we have a heart for caring for people and loving people. But there are certain times in your life when your care for someone surpasses your care for yourself. Mm
1: -hmm. It
0: starts to derail the path that God has for you. It starts to derail your destiny. And it's not the best situation to put yourself into because that delays the trajectory of your life as well um i think because i'm also a pastor's child i don't know if i've had the strongest boundaries you grow up people come especially in nigeria every people come to your house on sunday you cook you know people come in the evenings weekdays anytime and so and that's a good thing to have in that ministry because people usually need something and there it's always sometimes a situation of desperation but when you grow up seeing that you don't know when to say no you don't know when it's okay to say no and sometimes when you say no you feel horrible because you've never seen people around you say no to someone who may need something but sometimes you don't have it to give mm. um, and oftentimes people like that that are very caring very giving quite vulnerable end up attracting people who are takers and they don't have limits to how much they'll take from you so self-preservation take care of yourself take care of your mind take care of your body because even on the plane when they tell you wear a mask you have to wear yours first before you wear for your child because if you fall if you you know you know become unconscious while you're helping someone else both of you might not make it so you have to make sure you fill your cup up
1: you know a lot of what you just said about you know, some of the things that you had to unlearn. I mean, really powerful stuff, um, you know, bookie. And kind of where you are right now. If you were supposed to speak to, like, your younger self, what is one thing you know now that you wish you knew then that you would tell her?
0: I will tell her that she's enough. Hmm. I will tell her that she's beautiful. I will tell her that the heart that she has is not a burden. Uh, I will tell her that loving people and caring for people is okay. Um, I would tell her to be happy and find joy in all of the things that she likes. I will tell her to start quicker. I will tell Mm. her to um, see a therapist quicker, to unlearn a lot of things that she has learned. Um, I will tell her to get to know herself. Um, I think that's so important. And a lot of people walk around and you don't know who they are. Um, I was one of them, so I'm still learning. Um, I would tell her to know that the voice that she was hearing was God, and it was the Holy Spirit guiding her through everything. She would always say, "Oh, I just hear. I heard a voice telling me, so I did it." <laughs> but um, I would tell her to trust God. I would tell her, I will give her a hug first.
1: <laughs>
0: I would tell her that she's not alone i think first coming to america and not having friends and not knowing a lot of people thankfully i knew you um i think thankfully you were not just a ray of sunshine you were like the sun at that time of my life so thank you and i think a lot of times people don't realize how lonely can be when you're 18 or 19 and you leave your entire family behind and nobody tells you that it'll never be the same. I think Mm -hmm. because you don't realize that you grow and they grow and it's not cheap to visit home every two weeks or every year or anything. So you grow apart and sometimes when you have conversations, it's great, but it's never gonna be the same like it is with everybody else. And you have to learn to have your own community, your own friends, your own prayer partners you know, being in a good church with people that are like-minded, people who you can trust. Don't just trauma dump on anyone. Find a therapist. But, <laughs> but um, if you also have friends that you trust, have them, talk to them. Um, I would say that she's so much stronger than she ever thought she would be. If someone had told me that the challenges and the obstacles I would have faced in life when I was 17, 18, coming to America, I would have stayed home. (laughs) I, being honest, my, I don't think I would have had that much confidence in myself, or even at that point, I didn't have the best relationship with God. I knew God, but I don't think I would have had that much confidence in God and say, I can get through this and be in one piece if someone had showed me a mini clip a film maybe one of my challenges or two i would have been like okay i can go to Unilag. i will go the max problem that i might have is professors which is going to be horrible but honestly i wouldn't i wouldn't have come to america if i knew but i'm grateful that i didn't and i'm grateful at every step of the way, I had God. I had the Holy Spirit. I had people in my life in different stages that helped me get through it. Sometimes I was alone. A good number of times I would say I was alone, but um, I think having God, I cannot change, I cannot interchange that for anything. I think it's just, it sounds like I'm preaching I'm a pastor's job, I guess.
1: Oh, I love that. no, but I love that bookie um, and I think in every stage of the journey that we find ourselves, even our relationships, including our relationship with the Lord, also evolve and changes, so it's a beautiful thing, so no, please do not apologize for that. I mean, what you just shared was you know was really beautiful, especially in the in light of as you evolve and who you're becoming and the relationships that you have or those that maybe stray apart a little bit. Um, do you have, especially for this season that you find yourself right now, um, do you have any mentors, any role models right now that um, other than obviously the Lord, who is your guide, you know, <laughs> that has made an impact for you? And what are your thoughts on on mentors and, you know, role models, things like that?
0: I think mentors are phenomenal. I think mm-hmm. they're the best thing since sliced bread. If you ask me, um, I I feel like I have mentors for every mini portion of my life, except for arts because I haven't found anyone yet. But once I do, I will hold on to them. Um, mentors are so important. You always need to have someone that you can look up to. I think sometimes, especially when you're going through a rough time in your career or in a, in your Endeavors, it's not the easiest because someone who's been there and gone past it or had something similar, it's so much easier hearing from that person versus hearing a scripture about it as well. It, you would get better because sometimes you cannot relate. You're like, well, you've never been through what I'm going through right now. This is different. Um, I think that um, as someone who mentors people, uh, most younger than me, some older, I think it's important to have people who have been through a path that you're trying to get to. Um, For my job, I have multiple mentors, um, from executive directors, to VPs, to um, people on my levels, but in different departments, to people in HR, there's people that just, I know that they know more than me. They know things I don't know. So I reach out to them. I think one of the major things that a lot of people don't take as seriously is being proactive. Mm -hmm. majority of the times you will get less no's than you're thinking you would because I started a job in January and now I have four mentors and I have some vice presidents that I meet with for different departments. That's ridiculous. Old me would be shaking in my boots at the thought of reaching out to someone because everyone has different journeys. Yours is going to be very different from theirs, but most likely they have things that they've experienced that they can help you with. So a hundred percent, it's not going to cost you any money to send an email to someone to say, I would like to meet with you. So have a good draft make sure there's no typos or anything, but make sure that you send those emails out and you will be surprised how great things will follow.
1: Fantastic. So you're talking now in terms of mentors, as it relates to your nine to five, I guess my question to you is between your nine to five, and your other jobs, and I I call them other jobs, because at this point, um, I don't think it's, it's just a hobby anymore. So how are you balancing that in the sense where I know several people who have jobs, and also have passions that they do in tandem. So you're not the only person I've seen that. And I have I, I know people who are like, you know what? Um, my passions allow me to express myself, but I still enjoy the work I do nine to five. Um, and then you also have other people who are like, yeah. You know the nine to five is fine, but I'm hoping my passions can become my main and only job. So where are you? You know in that spectrum.
0: <sighs> I think that's a that's a difficult question to ask, um, in the sense that I feel like I have a toggle once in a while, and some days when I have hard days at work, I'm like, you know what, let one of my hobbies work so I can quit today. But I think the passion to help people, the passion to do more and um change the world especially from a massive aspect because when we release drugs or medicine it works for millions across the globe so i'm like this is one of the major reasons why i'll go to um go on mission trips in nicaragua and different places so i want to keep that but i think also there's a time and season and i think that time for that probably and at some points but i'm not sure when When it comes to modeling, honestly, I think I unofficially quit modeling during the pandemic. And then Mm. I had some projects here and there, and then the U.S. opened, and I'm like, well, I'm a model again. But that one was on hold for, I would say, because of safety reasons, anyways. Um, For acting, that's on the up. I I love acting. I'm learning so much about myself. It's like a self-discovery class sometimes. Um, So... I think acting is my forever love. Modeling is also my top two. And my job, hmm, that can change. Mm. I think um, depending on my life, um, where God leads me. Honestly, because if God says jump, I will say how high and jump and keep jumping until I hear stop. So if I'm if I hear from God and God's like this, you need to keep this or quit this. I'll do it. Um, but as of right now, I think I have a pretty good balance on it. But I think if I get, not if, when I get a major acting role, I'll probably not be able to keep that job and have a normal nine to five lifestyle. So when that happens, I will definitely let that go. But at the same time, I'm equally pursuing my career. I'm networking, talking, looking for, you know, ways to get promoted, what I need to do, companies that I need to talk to. So I think even though I know at some point I will end up retiring from my research job, I am pursuing like there's nothing else I have. And I think that kind of passion is what I use for every single thing else that I do. When I do it, I give it a hundred percent. If I'm not, if I'm giving it 20% at that point, maybe I'm having a hard time, but always try to get it back to a hundred. So once you give it your all, once you do the best that you can, if it does not work out, you know, versus having the regret of, I wish I tried harder. I wish I did this more. So that's where I'm at right now.
1: You know, I really like what you just said about giving everything you do a 100 because the reality is excellence, right? Is is what makes you invaluable. It, it's what sets you apart from others. So unfortunately, sometimes you hear, you know, situations where people do the bare minimum and they're nine to five, because their passions is where their heart is. So they're just trying to get a paycheck and like, ah, let me get a paycheck. But this is what I really want to do. But when you're in a place where you put 100% in everything that you do, even when it tilts one way, and that acting job does come in, you're able to leave your nine to five with your head held high, knowing that you put a hundred percent. And that goes a long way. So I applaud you.
0: Thank you. And I think it also goes by, you know, just being a Christian, God gave you an excellent spirit. You cannot go and represent, if people know that you're a Christian and then you barely show up to work, you barely do your work, the performance is low, communication is horrible. That's not the best way to go about things. So I think when you show up in the right way, God is going to bless your fruits. I agree. And I think before that, though, I was one of those people that was just, I'll do what I'm asked and that's it. And I, I didn't want to network up. I didn't want to, because I felt, well, I like my modeling. I'm happy the way my life is. But then my life changed in, Because I had to think about myself and think about my life. Where am I going with my life? You went to school for a reason. Why not just use the degree and make as much as you can from it? And um, I was at Hopkins for a couple of years, I think five, six years. And I was just moving up, but not in an aggressive manner. I was doing my work, getting good reviews, but it was not like I was exceeding the expectations and et cetera. Which sometimes I would, but then when I ended up working on COVID... I pushed myself and there were a lot of results. And then I got an offer to work in another company and that doubled my income. So I would say oftentimes it's about just doing the best that you can. And once I started working from home, it was easier for me to have, because as soon as you get a fork, you don't have to be in traffic. You have more time to yourself. You don't have to wake up an hour earlier than your usual schedule Mm -hmm. to be traffic and get to the office. So Mm -hmm. there's so many things that I think just following the path that God has set for me has helped me to gain. Because if I was lackluster and like, well, it's just my job, but this is my main thing. I probably would not be able to afford things that I can now because the jobs that I get, they're not as often as people who do it full time. I have to work with my schedule, but at the same time, this is consistent. And I think a part of me is very old school and like my parents have ingrained that part into me the stability part of life, I feel like I'm at the stage in my life where I really need that. And so Mm -hmm. it keeps me sane that I have a job and I have the current income. And I feel like when I create, I create from my heart, not, oh, I want to make money today. I want Mm -hmm. to hit this goal. And I don't have to fall into the pressures of this is what's trending. Let me follow what they're doing and make as much income as I can. And I think that gives me a little more groundedness because when I create I'm not like oh will this do well if it doesn't do well it means that no money for you know my light bill or something and I think mm-hmm. that it's grace it's not by anything I'm doing so
1: I love it, that I love that now it would be remiss of us to end this um, conversation without asking you what makes you distinctly you
0: I think it's my spirit. Mm. (laughs) I think I am relentless. I am very resilient. I think when God gives me a vision, I go for it and I do my best at it. Um, And I think that I also find it equally as important to maintain my physical health. I'm, I try to be as well-rounded as possible in my life. So I think that makes me distinctly me because I know that I'm working in my purpose and I'm doing exactly what I need to do and I'm exactly where I need to be and I'm not behind and I'm not lagging or way too ahead. So, yeah.
1: I like that. I love that. Great way to end this segment. Thank you so much, Bookie, for chatting with us today
0: thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor and a pleasure. I'm so happy to be on this podcast and I'm so excited for this to be launched. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.